Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse. I am Peter, and joining me, per usual, is Matt. Bang bang. Can't quite say as always, because you weren't on the last regular episode, but yep. they all got to glimpse that Connor was alive still, so oh, I'm sure good. that was thrilling for them. <laughs> that's, that's good, we know his lactose intolerance and the, uh, the cat allergies mm-hmm. probably are trying to do him in. Yeah, the cat's been drawing blood a lot recently with the claws, <laughs> so... Uh, when, you know, there's no news that could sound more delightful to my ears, quite frankly. Uh, but yes, uh, welcome to the show, everyone. This is not a regular episode. This has been recorded a little bit in advance. This is a Q and A episode. Although there is some news, so there are some like contemporary relevant things happening. But uh, basically, I'm on vacation for a week, so as a result, uh, we will talk about this week's books and next week's show. Luckily, there's only actually four books. I think we're covering this mm-hmm. week anyway. Uh, but we'll squeeze those into next episode, so you'll get maybe kind of a, a bigger episode next week, um, which, you know, which is, well, like, the day after I get back, which is going to be a fun <laughs> day of reading books, but mm-hmm. hey, you know, whatever, whatever, that's life. Uh, but we didn't want you to go empty-handed uh, on the week where we didn't have a regular episode, so we got some questions sent in on Twitter, uh, we'll work through those, and we'll generally just have some casual chat about comic books and dc nonsense uh after we look at some of the news uh that comes up uh if i if i could time travel and look at the comicsology top 10 for this week i would but uh, unfortunately i can't so i moved to do the show on mondays which would make reading comics hard but i don't have to deal with the top 10 <laughs> well no because then it would just be it would still just be the top 10 from the previous oh. Tuesday. This week, yes, I know. <laughs> and it would, it would uh, actually be easier to read the books because you'd have an extra two days, well, one day. True, true. No, two days, two days. Could be a couple of Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so nice try, Matt. But uh, I know I, I, it wouldn't be me if I didn't try. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. So yeah. Well, look at the news because uh, New York Comic Con was this past weekend. So we actually did have one big bit of news that happened before me and Connor recorded that we already talked about, which was the Lazarus Planet event. Mm-hmm. And the weird things get on there. Uh, our kind of summation of it was basically that it sounds like a sort of just like a little event that's meant to be so they can do wacky things with the characters. Mark Wade's kind of at the head of it, mm-hmm. um, but uh, isn't necessarily saying like the next huge thing. Just you know, it's a, it's a little thing to mm-hmm. start off the year. Uh, honestly, far more interesting slate announcements on Saturday. Two two big things to talk about. Uh, the first of which is the super books, which. Uh, are getting a slight refresh. I say slight because uh, Philip K. Johnson is staying on Action Comics. It is still his run. Uh, there is a, a little bit of a focus shift in that the, the, the two kids are now going to be part of the super family and they've got outfits now. Uh, John has got a new outfit. Um, mm-hmm. Supergirl's got a new outfit. Uh, there's a cover here for Action 1051. Um, the other thing they're doing is that they're adding backup stories to Action Comics. Uh, well, there's already one backup, obviously, but I think they may be even going a bit bigger with it, because uh, mm-hmm. they said there's going to be two backups now, effectively, and it's going to be the Super Family book. Uh, so, all very interesting. I'm glad Johnson's still on the book. It felt like his run still... It felt like War World Saga was just phase one of his, his run, and mm-hmm. I'm glad to see this is uh, continuing. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I'm excited about having the kids and having Clark be Super Dad again to uh, other kids. Yeah. In fact, one of the backups they're saying is uh, about them. It's uh, well, no, it's about young John. It's a flashback story mm-hmm. to when John oh. was young. 
Gotcha. I misread that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, and I want I want to say it's uh, Dan Jurgens. It's actually the same team from Lois and Clark, the miniseries hey. that kind of started all that stuff off. So yeah, it seems like we're getting our cake and getting to eat it too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or... We're get, we're getting Teen John. We're getting new kids for Clark, and we're also going to get a story set when John was young again. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, uh, very good stuff. Um, the other news, which you know, has, has a slight negative tinge because Taylor's Superman book is coming to an end, issue 18 mm-hmm. in December is the last one, but technically it's still getting another arc because it's getting a miniseries um, called, uh, you know, Adventures of Superman, which is going to be led by John, and mm-hmm. it's going to be him taking on Ultraman, who I think they're trying to make kind of his arch nemesis because he was obviously yeah. the one who trapped him on Earth 3 and when he was being aged up. Uh, mm-hmm. That was part of the the big traumatic stuff he went through. So I kind of like that they're addressing that. I think it's probably from a story <laughs> perspective the most exciting thing I've heard about Taylor's Superman run. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. It's it, all... it shows that that Taylor does care enough that oh, for sure, he, yeah. he he wants to address. And I like that because it feels like the Earth Three Ultraman is kind of the antithesis of John more than uh, Superman. You know, so um, see how they bounce off of each other. And now that John's fully powered, and it seems like he has different powers, judging from some of these. Yeah, covers. it's in a Lazarus project. He, he seems to turn to electric blue. He, he seems to be yeah. back in normal colors for Action Comics 1051, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they're going to actually have him keep some yeah. of the, the distinct power set. Yeah. But, uh, I always liked with Connor. Connor had the tactile telekinesis, which uh, it was kind of electric based telekinesis. Mm. Um, so I kind of like that you can you know do a little bit different things. And it sets John up being different from Clark, too. Yeah. You know? So. Uh, but but um, I do appreciate that there is a super family. Uh, and yeah. with Superman, a bit more literal in that there's actually kids and he's actually parenting them as opposed to... I mean, yeah. okay, Damien's a kid, but it's not It's not like a typical father-son relationship. No. <laughs> <Is it>? no. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so that's cool. But although it was worth mentioning that Taylor was teasing that there's more Superman things for 2023 to announce, and mm-hmm. it kind of sounded like he's not going to be completely done with the, the Superman yeah. corner of the, the DC world. So I suspect there might be something different or new announced after his miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that's Action Comics covered. That's, um, that's the six issue, Adventures of Superman, right? Yeah, Six Issue Adventures of Superman, which is John Kent by Tom Taylor. So then what's going on with Superman? You th- yeah, you're probably thinking, is, is there no Superman oh. book then? No su- solo Superman book? Uh, there is. Uh, Superman issue one is launching in February, which is the third time it's renumbered to issue one in Rebirth, or since Rebirth, I should say, because we're not really in Rebirth anymore. But, no, we're post-Rebirth. Uh, but uh, it's going to be Joshua Williamson and Jamal hey. Campbell uh, on that book, um, which, you know, I think that's cool. I think there's potential here. Obviously, I think Williamson's Robin book was a really great little ongoing mm-hmm. and didn't suffer from what the flash did which was going on too long or going down all these weird paths um i think williamson is hit and miss enough that i'm not necessarily just assuming this is going to be great obviously jamal campbell's going to be great on art mm-hmm. there is no doubt about that yep. uh i just have to wait and see like you know, how it is and what the direction it's going to take us but uh you know I, i'm yeah obviously i'm in well yeah i'm so excited for this from you know having read his birthright which kind of felt like a Superman story told in reverse. Mm. So, you know, it was about a kid from Earth going off to this other place and becoming this this fabled hero. But, you know, there's a dark twist to it. Um, and just even the name Birthright, when when my comic book guy gave it to me the first time, 
I thought like I was like, oh, is this like a Superman thing? Because of the you know my favorite Mark Wade story, but yeah, uh, him him and Campbell doing Superman, please sign me up. Yeah. Uh, also worth mentioning on the Super Family cover for Action Comics, uh, new Superman Keenan Kong is on that cover with a new yeah. outfit as well. So that's kind of cool if they're going to they, make him more yeah. part of the group. <laughs> on some of the, there's a like um. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a design page. Yeah. One of the artists put up. And they're all wearing like these super jackets now. And I think that's real funny that they zip up with the S. Mm. And Keenan's has his logo on it. And uh, Well, except Superman. Superman's the exception. Right. Superman still has yeah. the cape. But um, but yeah, I kind of like that stylistic choice as, you know, kind of silly as it is. It does put them as, you know, on the same team. You know, because there's some uniformity there. So, uh, and Superman gets to stand out with the cape. Yeah, um, I, I will say, I think on the design doc, the design thing, I think Supergirl looks better when the jacket's open and you see the yeah. the, the regular S underneath it. I think that looks cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, like, I, I will miss her cape because I th- I do think, like, she yeah. suits that. Um, I think the design for the kids though looks good. I think Keenan looks mm-hmm. good with the open jacket. Uh, yep. uh, uh steel the hat. open jacket where it makes the S, but also his logos underneath it. Yeah. So that that's super cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I actually I actually think Natasha's the steals like mm-hmm. hoodie, which is just black and red Superman yeah. logo. I think that looks pretty cool actually. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice uh, alternate for a cape because I always loved mm-hmm. that Steel still wore the cape, right? So the fact that she's not wearing the cape now, but she has this kind of hoodie, uh, it does it makes her stand out more, and that's that's super cool. And that's important because these are all super characters, but it also ties them together. Um, cause like even the bat characters, you can tell they're related by their costumes, mm. you know, um, even if it's not an exact Robin costume, there's, there's a vibe to them. And I like, I feel like that's what they're trying to do here. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, I, I do appreciate that they're treating the Superman line like it's actually a line and, mm-hmm. you know, so it feels, I mean, it's not obviously equal to Batman sells so well, there's always going to be more Bat books, and that's okay, yeah. but they're, they're still treating it like, mm-hmm. oh no, there's a corner of books, there's three or four books at a time, right. um, and if there's more plans for Superman stuff, or Super Family stuff throughout the year, it does sound like Taylor's going to be on something else related to Superman afterwards, whether that's some sort of new Super Team book, mm-hmm. or maybe just a different character that he's going to tackle, maybe Supergirl will finally get a book back again, because I, I have missed her having a book. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But uh, regardless, it is nice for them to be treating it like it is like a a corner, and they seem to have faith in what Johnson is doing, which is good because it's legitimately a great Superman run, and it's mm-hmm. maybe the best one that we've had. And yeah, I don't know since before the New Fifty Two, <laughs> basically. Yeah, because Superman's kind of been up and down. Like I enjoyed parts of the Bendis stuff. Yeah, but the fact was... that he was writing both of them. It it man it it weighed them both down. Yeah, there, there, there was definitely good things in the Bendis run, yeah. but there was also bad parts, and there was the the yeah. JR JR you know reign of mm-hmm. terror and action, which was <laughs> yeah. a, a shame. Well, and then even the stuff in Rebirth, we did like there was that one issue where they went and read a bunch of stuff on monuments, you know. Oh so, yeah. Well, that was yeah. that was a shame. Like that's yeah. the start of that Superman run by mm-hmm. uh, Tomasi and Gleason felt like it was going to be this special run. And mm-hmm. after the first arc or so, it started to kind of like slide just gradually until mm-hmm. we got to the point where they're just reading monuments at a yeah. park, and it's like, oh my god, this is, yeah. this is this is so, tedious shit. What are you doing? No, that's right. I think that this news dropped on my birthday, so happy birthday to me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, a bunch of people sent it to me, so that was nice. 
Uh, Superman needs a win. So. Hey, you need some cheering up on your 50th birthday, Matt. I agree. <laughs> it's not funny, but you're not far off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm closer to that age than I've ever been. So, I don't like it. I mean, until you pass that age, that'll, that'll always be a true statement. <laughs> no, I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> you know? uh, but, uh, so, the other news from Saturday... Uh, which is kind of a big deal going forward, uh, even if it's not necessarily as you know exciting story-wise as talking about new comics, is DC Rebirth, their subscription service, which is, you know, you, you sign up for it, you get all their books digitally six months after they come out. When they started this, Marvel responded by changing Unlimited to three months delay, because that used to be six months as well, and they said, oh, we're better than DC, so we'll do three months, which is, which is actually good. Competition is good mm-hmm. for us. Because they try and one-up each other and we get better things as a result. Right, because we're not these silly people that only read DC. I mean, right now I am, but that's all I have time for. But, <laughs> you know, I would love to read Marvel if I had the time. Sure, so, yeah. Yes. Uh, so DC have announced a big thing here. So two, the, the smaller part of this, which I, I don't think I even realized wasn't a thing, yeah. but uh, they're going to start putting the graphic novels on there on the trade paperbacks, which is basically just like a, a slightly alternate way of reading some of the same yeah. stuff. But whatever. That's fine. Uh, maybe it means the original graphic novels, like the, the, the young adult ones and stuff, will be there now when they weren't before. Cool, right? That's obviously a good thing and whatever. The big thing, though, is their new tier, the ultra tier. So the base price, which is not that expensive, it's like, you know, $7 a month or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, You get the book six months after they come out digitally. Cool. Mm-hmm. Ultra tier, which you have to pay yearly, you can't pay it for it monthly. Um, but you have to pay it yearly, and it's about double to triple the price. I'll get the exact figure down here. And there's, uh, the reason why I'm confused a little bit is because there's an introductory price. It's yeah. a, it's $100 till at the end of November, and then yeah. it goes to, up to 130 No, 100 uh, I, I saw $129. Yeah, I think it's $130, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, so before that price, uh, a year, which still works out to just over $10 a month. You get all the books digitally one month after they come out uh, physically. And this is obviously a big shift. Comic book shops aren't going to be thrilled with this. In fact, one of the things that DC announced after this is that all DC books for 2023 are returnable because of this announcement, because of this new thing. Um, so the funny thing about this is that I think this was inevitable. I think mm-hmm. them being the same days for the release is inevitable, and this is just a huge step towards that. Um, and this is a great idea. You know, I, I think it's worth the price for what they're charging. If, you, if you're buying comics every week, you can easily exceed the price of this without yes. even trying. So I didn't go get my comics last week, or I got my comics last week for the week that I missed. And it was, you know, I told my wife the price, and it was double that because, on average, I'm spending twenty five a week. Yeah, and that's that's just the stuff I'm collecting. That's not even the digital stuff, right? I think. And, see, when they announced uh, like this service to begin with, mm-hmm. I said they could charge me thirty a month, and it would still be a huge saving compared to buying all the books. Yep. To get them day and day. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, even at full price, once the introductory price is gone, which is a hundred dollars versus the hundred and thirty. Mm-hmm. Once it's up to 130, that's still only about you know what 10:30 a month. Once you've split it up, you have to you know you have to, you have to commit to the year. That's the that's the catch. But yeah. once you've that's done 1083 that, 1083. 1083. There you go. 
1083 to read every single DC book that you want from the past, but more importantly, that just came out. It's it's the past that gets me because as someone that sometimes has slip in, in issues, right? Mm. And you can't find those issues. Like we, we joke about that that punchline issue um, <laughs> from I still have never got from Tynan, right? Um, that's just they're gonna be there now. You know? Yeah, so, honestly, I think day and date's inevitable, even if they put the price up well, again to do it. And I, I will be delighted once they do, because yep. the, the sad part of this for me is that I like this news because it's a step closer to what I want, but I can't benefit from this because, I well, unless we just say to the audience, by the way, we're taking a month off and then we're always going to be a month behind yeah. on comics. We have yeah. to have the comics when they come out because we're doing the podcast. Right, right. as soon as, as soon as, if they go day and date, uh, yeah, that's I it. That... subscribe, that's it. And I'll still go to my shop and still get my books that um, because then at that point it's just a streaming service and it's like buying the movies you want still yeah yeah because yeah. uh, basically at that point you would never hear us say again we can't we're not going to read a book because the price is too high we'd never say that again because right? we'd have access no, to it every would book. be like i don't have time to read some book <laughs> no, and the price wouldn't be yeah. and, and you know just as a comic fan that wants to read as much as i, I, I can. was thinking more i don't want to because it looks shit <laughs> but right. sure yeah that, that works right, too right. <laughs> but like uh, as someone that if it's manageable i would read everything sure because yeah, yeah. I, I love dc i just it's the man hours right i just i just went back and got digitally the, the um blue and gold because i forgot to keep getting it from the shop so i've like the first four issues so i just went and got the digital i haven't had time to read it it's still sitting there it's not going anywhere it's not collecting dust yeah. you know and so you know digital comics have changed things and i would love it for my shelf but and it, getting it in a sale on, on a digital price come on yeah the thing with this is that obviously the only reason why they're not day and day and the only reason why they weren't day and day ages ago is because comic book shops hate the idea and think it's going to hurt their business yeah. i'm going to say it right now i don't think they're going to feel little to any impact because of this because yeah. i think the people who want physical comics are always going to want the physical comics yeah, right yep i'm gonna have to talk to my shop owner about this uh now but Last time I talked to him, it was when stuff was going, um, uh, like it was during the pandemic still, and they were shifting over to lunar and yeah. yeah. And he said that initially sucked and he was worried about it, but then it's worked out better. He has not missed a DC shipment since they mm. flipped over Marvel. There was a couple weeks one time where there was no Marvel books when I went on Wednesday afternoon. So they just hadn't arrived yet. Awesome. And, I mean, yeah, there was growing pains at first, but it actually turned out to work out well enough for most shops afterwards. Right, and yeah. so he's never... And so I feel like this would be one of those things, too, that if, you know, the collector mindset, you know, I could still see people getting these individual issues, but then wanting to go get the actual physical, uh, like uh, like trade or omnibus, or because, yeah. you know, those I mean, big, big books are, are nice to have. Don't get me wrong. Like, when digital first became a thing, absolutely, they probably lost some customers mm -hmm. overall to digital because some people said, you know what, this is more convenient, I'm going to switch. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess I kind of fell into that, but not really because, like, I only just started reading singles when digital became a thing. So right. I was never really, like, I was all, I, I bought a lot of physical trades, a lot of physical hardcovers. That's mm -hmm. how I was reading a lot of comics up until around the start of the New 52, which is when I kind of switched to reading singles. Mm -hmm. that, that was like the one good thing about that is that it gave me a chance. Oh, this is a good time to jump into reading monthly comics. But for the most part, now that we've had digital for a decade and we're, you know, way beyond the, the, the transition to it, I feel like the people who 
have to have physical are always going to want to have physical. The people who buy a, get a lot of digital and buy the stuff they care about or special ones physical will always be those people. And the people mm-hmm. who are just always going to be digital are always going to be digital now. I don't think there's going to be that. I mean, yeah, some people will maybe toy with changing or whatever. But by and large, those audiences yeah. are set. And I don't think that this is going to make someone who still insists in buying their books physically go, you know what, now's the time I'm going to switch to digital just so I can, you know, not pay as much. Yeah. You know? The fact that I wouldn't have to pay for a Batman book because it's already included <laughs> in the price makes me so happy, right? Like, the fact that right now I'm still reading Batman, and not that I'm not enjoying it, right? Just leaning into my my character on the show, you know? I, I bought a lot of Batman books I did not enjoy to read for the show. Yeah. Um, and the fact that that was just a built into that 1083, right? Because let's say that's that's the the going price. Um, I can I can live with that, you know. Honestly, that's, that's three physical books. I mean, that's still less than three physical books right now. Honestly, double it for day and day, and I'll pay it. Like I think it's mm-hmm. worth it. Mm-hmm. You kidding me? So, twenty five a month for day and day every DC comic? That's well worth it. And when I'm already paying twenty five a week. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> like so, like yeah, it's a no brainer. So, like it, yeah. it's. I, like I say, I think people who who like physical are going to keep buying physical. I don't think mm-hmm. comic book shops are going to actually see that much of an impact. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing about what you just said there is that you know you you you, you can now read all these books without paying for them, spe- you know, individually. Is that all of a sudden a book? Let, let's say I don't know, like you know, I mentioned Supergirl before. Let's say there's a Supergirl book, and these days anything that's not Batman or Superman seems to struggle to keep an ongoing. Mm-hmm. Once they're on a service where their half of their their model is the subscription service mm-hmm. for people to just get everything uh, as as a as a bouquet, mm-hmm. at what point are they paying more attention to how many people are reading it, the digital version? So instead right. of like how many people are buying a copy, when they look at like the numbers for how many people are actually opening and looking at the whole book and re- then therefore reading the whole issues. Does that suddenly help a lot of books be like, oh, these are a lot more worth keeping around now because like half of our people who are paying for the service yeah. are reading every issue of this C book and this B list book, you know, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, you know? Yeah, think about how many of these digital first books that they won't have to like put a, a physical print run in. They can just be digital books and you can only get them through the service. I feel like that, that'll that help too, you know? Um Something like uh, what? Are, what are those books that? What's the tournament they do? Where you know we we always get upset because uh, the ones that we want to win never go through. Oh uh, yeah, the round robin thing. Yeah, the round robin. Which is I'm not a round robin. Of those but, yeah, round no. robin books they can just put out now, if they want to. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just thinking about like books that maybe aren't doing quite enough numbers in physical mm-hmm. sales, but when they look at their service and realize that oh shit, half of our customers that are paying mm-hmm. for the service are reading this we have to keep this around. Maybe that helps yeah. keep some books alive and like mm-hmm. it, it justifies keeping them around. Yeah, so like, I mean, maybe not. I mean, maybe it just stays kind of the same ratio it is and you get the same amount of Batman versus everything else because that's what people mm-hmm. are still reading. But yeah. people will maybe try things that they otherwise wouldn't have. And mm-hmm. I, I think that argument works even more for comics than it does say with games because this has been a big topic of games without these new like, you know, services where you just pay and you get like a bunch of games is that, you know, games require such a time commitment where, you know, just going over and reading an issue, issue one of a new series, 
that's a lot easier to commit to. You yeah. can just, yeah, it takes 10 minutes to go read that new book, see if you're into it. And if you like it, uh, then great. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's very exciting. Uh, I mean, a month is a big deal right now. I'm, I wonder how long it will take them to get oh, yeah. to day like, I'll say it right now. If I wasn't doing this show, I would switch to waiting a month. And mm-hmm. this is how I'd read my comics from DC. Yeah. I'd be a month yeah. behind on DC. I'd probably sign up for Marvel and be three months behind on Marvel for Unlimited. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never have to worry about, you know, buying uh, the big two comics ever again. Right, right. That would be my, my attitude if, if I wasn't doing a show where we have to do the books when they're new. Uh, right. And don't worry, we're still going to keep doing that, but I hope at some point it will benefit us. Uh, <laughs> I just think, too, this will probably make it better for Black Label as well, because then it makes mm. those Black Label books stand out a little bit more. Like, I'm talking like the big widescreen kind of ones like Harleen was. Sure, yeah. and Because they can do that thing where, you know, they can... Yeah, if you, if you imagine like a streaming service, they can you know mm-hmm. put the big black label row and say, "Hey, here's yeah. the prestige books and stuff." Yeah. Uh, for some reason, your camera's frozen, Matt. I don't know what's going on with it. But... Uh-oh. <laughs> I have not touched anything. Oh, you're, so oh, you're back. You're back. You're back. Yeah. Okay. So. Good. Uh, and also, just uh, in case you're worried that this is starting off US only, because the service itself was US only mm-hmm. for like two years or whatever it was. It took ages to come to other places. Yeah. Um. No. Right away, they're announcing uh, this for US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. Um, the prices, the, the start, the introductory price for all these places is $100 US, $120 Canadian, $135 Australian, $135 New Zealand, and £73 in the UK. Um, I think the UK goes up to £100 if I remember what I saw uh, screenshot-wise. It doesn't have what the, the, the final prices will be here for all these territories, but uh, those are the introductory prices if you sign up just now. And I didn't see this, but uh, Connor was telling me earlier that if you do mm-hmm. sign up at one of these introductory prices, it'll renew at that price next year. Yeah, you're you're locked in for at least the one year. Yeah. So, uh, which is pretty cool. Because, um, I mean, I did the math when this went out that 99 a month equates about uh, 8.25 a month. So. Yeah, which is ridiculous, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Again, that's that's two, basically two books right now. You know, yeah. books are four bucks. So, you know, right there for a month. I mean, here, honestly, even even at this, even though I can't use it for the show per se, mm-hmm. I'm still tempted to do it just because... Well, think about all the trades that are just yeah. sitting there, you know? The, the, you know, if there was anyone that you're curious about, you never got to, you know? Like for me, I, 825, that's, that's kind of what I spent to get blue and gold. I mean, obviously it has changed stuff for me in the sense that since DC Rebirth, or DC Universe, sorry, uh, launched... Mm-hmm. I haven't bought a single trade on Comixology, and I used to buy trades every sale. I used mm-hmm. to I would say, oh, what's on sale? Let me collect these trade runs and stuff. Yeah. I've stopped, and I said, I look back now and go, that was, you know, how many of them have I actually read? Like, maybe 10%? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like so many of them I've not touched. And I'll read them eventually, but now I'll read them through this. Now I'll read them mm-hmm. as part of the service that I, I could have just not spent that money before. Yeah. Um. So, and in that sense, yeah, they're going to lose out on digital sales, but they're making this choice. They're offering this. They know that that's right. going to eat into that. So, right. Uh, I I just remember when I first got the Marvel Unlimited, and I had it for like two months. I read so much Daredevil in those sure. two months, yeah, yeah. and that I mean I forget what the price was back then, but basically I read maybe fifteen trades worth for less than ten dollars. So you know, because uh, it wasn't anything that was new. Uh, it was all like the the. Brew Baker and Benda stuff before, so 
Yeah, man. And just just the back catalog alone makes it worth it for me. Yeah, um, it's worth mentioning this launches uh, today at recording, which is Monday. So yeah, by the time this obviously goes out on Sunday, uh, you know, it'll mm -hmm. be well launched. I'm actually just going to the website right now to uh, to to see what it says. Um, I don't know if it'll tell me on the... No, it's just giving me a page saying go to get the app. Oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, I, was just, I was just going to say, hey, I can confirm. I'm looking at it right now. And it says this price, <laughs> but it doesn't let you do it on the website. Okay. Uh, so cool. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, big news. Uh, that was kind of a game changer when I saw that on Saturday. I thought, oh, that's a big step forward. And uh, it's something that uh, I, I hope progresses you know it wouldn't surprise me if we'd only maybe i i think there'll be day and date certainly within five years and it wouldn't surprise me if it was like in two years to be yeah. honest you know I, I think it'll be like this for a year or two and then mm -hmm. i think they'll go day and day yeah. props I mean, props to dc for always being on the leading edge of this too you know because they were one of the first to go day and date with comics yeah I mean, whether so. whether or not it's because they introduce a new tier that costs more for day and day, or they mm -hmm. just put the price up a bit and say now it's day and day, whatever yeah. way around to do it, I don't know. But yeah, I think I think it will go day and day at some point. And now that they've done this, I am fascinated at how Marvel Unlimited might change soon as a response. Oh my gosh! I'm just trying to think what, what's the most outrageous thing they could do. Uh, I mean, Marvel yeah. could try and go day and date and say, "Hey, we're better because now we're day and date." Like that, that right. that could be what they do, or they could at least match this and say, "Okay, we'll have a similar thing." Here's the ultra tier yeah. Marvel Unlimited that costs X a right. year, and you get a month late. Mm -hmm. uh, I suspect that Marvel will at least match this in six months. <laughs> that, that's my guess. Yeah, based on nothing, other than just my keen intuition. Yeah. Sure. So, no, big, big stuff, big stuff. Uh, so, excited to see where that goes uh, and uh, excited for the future. So, very cool. So, yeah, we have no comics to talk about uh, because this is recorded before they even come out. And as a result, we've just got a bunch of random questions uh, from Twitter. Hey. And we're just going to tackle them. We'll see where the, the life takes us and, uh, you know, hopefully have some fun along the way. Uh, so, from... In fact, let me zoom in a wee bit here just so I can read these <laughs> tiny fonts easier on tweet deck from mm -hmm. this distance. All right. From at Comics Enjoyer. Very good. Uh, good day. <laughs> yeah, a couple of questions here. Uh, what are some DC runs that you all really like that you may have been able, you may not have been able to bring up in the show before uh, being pre-rebirth or just not being very popular or any other reason? Um. Because we've been doing the show for six years, I don't know if there is any runs that I like that I've not brought up at some point, but, uh, you know, I I think there's a... I, I think the rule for this question is that you're not allowed to bring up a Jeff Johns run. Yeah, right? that's fair. I mean, yeah. Oh, he's got all the Green Lantern. Um, <laughs> well, that, that's the point. I'm making you think of yeah. smaller ones. But... Yeah, yeah. So it, it's weird, Um, but there was this, and it might have just been the time I was reading it, JT Kroll had a had a Green Arrow run right before Rebirth, where it essentially turned him into Robin Hood. In, mm. in like uh, there was a forest that had popped up because of the events of Cry for Justice, and Oliver went and lived out there like he was Robin Hood. And even the the sheriff he fought was very reminiscent of the Sheriff of Nottingham. 
and it just totally leaned into Robin Hood, uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it uh, at the time. So uh, that that's one that I don't get to bring up that often. Um, you got one off the top of your head, Pete? That one that I've not mentioned. I mean, I mean, like I always yeah. want to sing the praise of Brian Q. Miller Batgirl. Like I always want to. Yeah, we, yeah, we bring that up. Sc- scream for the rooftops. I mean, I also from what I've read, Cassandra Cain's, you know, book, you know, her Batgirl book, uh, mm-hmm. like is also very, very good. Um, yeah. There's a lot. Of, I, I think that's the thing I miss most, and part of the side, the side thing about only the big two or three characters having ongoings mm-hmm. now. Is that there used to be a lot of good like smaller characters, like these side characters who had great mm-hmm. ongoing books that would last a long time, yeah. Um, and it's it's something that we've kind of, we've kind of lost. So, uh, yeah, you know the the you know whether it be Batgirl, Supergirl, and Nightwing. I mean, Nightwing's obviously got a book, but yeah. Um, just just uh the, those kind of runs. God. This is over ten years ago. I'm trying to think of of, of runs that aren't genre related. I mean, they, I probably have brought it up a bunch, but Tomasi's Green Lantern Corps that ran at the same time mm-hmm. as John's. I I would enjoy that book a little bit more just because it was focused on, you know, a team of Green Lanterns. Um, so that that one was always good. And even before Tomasi was on, there was Dave Gibbons, and it was more of an anthology style where it would switch between different, like, uh, each issue would be about a different Green Lantern or each arc, I can't remember which one. And that, that was a lot of fun, like the first 10 or so issues that did that, I want to say. Mm. Um, that was good. What was going on in Batman before Rebirth? I can't even remember. Before? I mean, I'm sure, we, I'm sure we brought up Snyder's tech run. We're, we're big fans of that one. Sure. Do you uh, mean before New 52? Because, I mean, Batman and New 52 yeah, was just Snyder the whole time. <laughs> that's what I meant yeah. before. It's been a long day. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, Grant Morrison's Batman, which led yeah. into... Like, there's a lot of offshoots of that that I really like, yeah. like Streets of Gotham by mm-hmm. uh, Denny in that. Really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that also, obviously, led to Snyder's Detective run, which mm-hmm. I like more than his Batman run from New 52. Yeah. Like, Black Mirror yeah, is yeah. fantastic. It's yeah, that Tiger stuff. Shark, I'll, I'll have the art in that, there's, a, there's an issue where Dick's hung upside down and he's being dunked into an orca take by Tiger Shark. And just shock kills that image. It's permanently ingrained in my brain. That that one was a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think what else that wasn't John's. So I'm such a fanboy. Yeah, because well, because he's just sit and go. Oh, John's is Flash. John's is Green mm-hmm. Lantern. John's is JSA. Like it's it's so easy yeah. to sit and do that, which is why I'm, I'm insisting you don't. But uh, we yeah. we can provide it because he's got another one yeah. here. Uh, also, what is a dream book following Dark Crisis or as new books are getting announced for next year? Uh, ideally with creative team. So, um, that's a good question. Obviously, they've announced a new Superman book, and I suspect they're going to announce. I think Batman Detective will stay the same because they just changed. Mm-hmm. I think those will still yeah. be yeah, those will still just be the current runs. Um, I mean the obvious the obvious thing has to be a Green Lantern book, right? Yeah. But before we even get to creators, like we need a Green Lantern ongoing. Yeah, that I want to read. Maybe, maybe two, if the market will hold. Sure, sure, you know, yeah, maybe two. There's so many good characters there, and I'm talking just the Earth ones, right? Like, we haven't seen, I haven't seen uh, Jessica Cruz in forever. Other than know? just being in the background and group shots, yeah, yeah. she's like, yeah, I would love a Jessica Cruz Green Lantern book. Mm-hmm. Um, as far so as got a whole that whole group of characters too. As far as know? creators on it goes, I, I mean, I think. You have to have someone who 
can you know be, be a bit lighter and do the sense of mm-hmm. humor uh you know uh, yeah. i could i could just say tom taylor I suppose but i, I want to be more interesting yeah. just saying the obvious name um you know who, who, who could you have like um you know maybe tamaki would be good on just mm-hmm. cruise green lauren book I, I could see that that works she she did the kind of team element on tech really well yeah yeah so yeah, you could be, also have other characters yeah. like supporting jets could be could be a team book yeah um because you know now tamaki's done with detective and she's she just did that uh, one shot so it seems like she's still yeah. you know with dc yeah so yeah. Uh, I'd, I, you know, I guess actually, yeah. Instead of looking at characters, I suppose what I'd really say is that I want a new Tom Taylor ongoing because he's wrapping up on Superman, and it mm-hmm. seems like he's got things in the works. So we're probably getting some sort of yeah. He's got irons in the fire yeah. that seem like they're not just like the, you know, his his alternate reality tales. But so. I want uh, I want a new Tamaki ongoing. I guess that's what I'm saying. If I if I know the character for there. a second, I want a new Miriko Tamaki ongoing. Whatever yeah. book she is gets saddled with, whatever. But yeah. That's what I would like. Shoot, being we love being super. We're talking about a Supergirl book. Yeah. Oh, horror on uh, main mainline mainline Supergirl. Um, yeah, that could be something if, if they're going yeah. to do it. Um, at the same time though, they gave her Detective for a good long time, so I could see it being a bigger book than that. Like I, I could yeah. see, you know, people will be saying they want a Green Arrow book back. I could see Tamaki writing a good Green Arrow book. Why not? Either Huntress in there too. I'm sure that story's not oh. being, done being told. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. There you go. So, um, but yeah, I love, I do love, I used to cap on Bendis for that, but cause that was so egregious, but I like when writers do take threads that they're interested in and they carry it on. Like Taylor's done it very effectively through Nightwing and uh, son of Kal-El um, that he's, you know, weaving threads <clears throat> from like a suicide squad and, and even that black mass special that played into that, you know? Um, so yeah. I wonder who else, who else do we oh, really like? Uh, well, actually, uh, obviously, he's on Detective, but with Swamp Thing being done, I feel like Ram yeah. V's got a slot open. Yeah. How about a Ram V ongoing? Oh, what would he be good on? Who, who, what, what big characters are kicking around? Because uh, he's already done Just League Dark and he's done mm-hmm. Swamp Thing, so I feel like you want to keep him on a darker tone character. Uh, he's already doing Batman, obviously, so you'd maybe go yeah. elsewhere. Um. Well, his Andromeda is really good, and we need a a. a, a an Aquaman. So I'd like to see what he would do with Aquaman. Oh, you okay, know, I can see. I'm kind of, I'm kind of staying away from that just because he's technically already done. I mean, I know it's all mm-hmm. obviously it's not ongoing Aquaman. Right. Although I would like an ongoing Aquaman book. Now you've mentioned yep. it, you know, I do miss having that. It's been a minute. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, Joey, because he does so much good stuff with culture and weaving it in. Mm-hmm. What if he does like a new ongoing Shazam, so he can do you bring in yep. Black Adam and talk about Kandak and stuff like that. I can see him doing a lot of good stuff well, with that. He, and he plays with ideas really well. Yeah. So, you know, kind of the, the last Black Adam I read, they were playing with the ideas of gods. That's such a Ram V concept. He's very good so at world building good. and then mix that with mm-hmm. like how much cult. I mean, obviously, in uh, mm-hmm. Swamp Thing, he's dealing with uh, India, which is a real place. But, like, yeah. just the way he. Because in the Detective right now, he's putting all this made up culture. I mean, some of it's based right. on real stuff and mythology, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. he's putting in this made up, you know, family from Gotham and, you know, and all this history into it. I could see a lot of interesting stuff in like a, a Shazam, which would maybe be a bit later. Yeah. Maybe it'd be like a bit of a challenge for him to do something that's like you, veering away every, from the dark and the gray this yeah. much. Everything you said, but with Hawkman too. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, we, we could do that. A Ram V Hawkman book where he he takes on the concept of reincarnation and, and how much that changes, you know, who, who the original soul of that is. 
Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm there for that. That's a book. Um, yeah, no, I agree. But yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that'll probably do that question. Okay. Okay, so next up, let's have a look at uh, Z questions. Uh, so we got a bunch from at Grayson Cassie Boy, which, by the way, uh, some some of these people come back later. I'm just going in the order I, they came in because yeah. it's easier. Gotcha. Uh, right. So that's actually an interesting thing. Uh, I don't really I don't know if we have much of an answer to the question in this, mm -hmm. but um, do you remember last month sometime? We sat, sat, sat and like had these conspiracy theories because there was a book. I don't even remember what book it was, but like Amanda Waller mentioned being on a different Earth, and we started mm -hmm. having all these crazy theories about what was going on. It turned out it was actually much simpler than what we said. Amanda Waller from the main Earth is on Earth three right now, and that was established in one of the things we didn't read. That we didn't read. That <laughs> yeah. was the, the yeah the the Earth three yeah. Nightwing. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I just this question references that. Uh, do you guys yeah. think that the fact that Amanda Waller has Earth Three under her control ever since War on Earth Three crossover will factor into Dark Crisis? I know she is referenced in an issue of Action Comics, so I'm guessing yes. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to affect Dark Crisis for the fact that Dark Crisis is doing things with infinite Earths, not you know, not the Earth that we've already done, right? Like we haven't really seen Earth Three pop up there i feel like that mm. would have been more in the williamson uh lead up book that we read i mean we are dealing with multiple worlds so it's not out of the question it may mm -hmm. factor in like maybe they get reinforcements from earth 3 because mm -hmm. amanda waller sends a bunch of like you know villains over to help fight or mm -hmm. something but um i wouldn't say i'm like i'm not anticipating the idea no. you know it's like if, if no. it happens it happens but i'm not yeah I mean, we're, we're coming up to a reset soon anyways, right? After Dark Crisis. So if they want to do it, sure. Yeah. I don't know what, to what extent the reset is. It doesn't feel like it's, yeah. re, you know, completely wiping, like, continuity around mm -hmm. like that. It just feels like we're... Yeah. You know, it's going to be a fresh... Re-establishing status quo mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, have you guys ever considered reviewing some of the new Maelstone Earth-M stuff? I personally have been enjoying Duo and Icon and Rocket. Some new stuff is also dropping in February. Um... Joe, you know, I think the fact that I have no familiarity with any of the characters has has made it kind of a like an easy corner to ignore because it's you know this yeah. bouquet of books that are kind of an addition to everything else. Mm -hmm. Which when some of these books come out in a busy week, uh, you know it's the, it's the easiest thing to say. Ah, oh, that's kind of separate because it's just a little corner yeah. and we can kind of ignore it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've thought about it, but it comes down to time. And like I'm, I'm glad that those books exist. Like, cause then they find like I used to love finding the hidden gems at DC. Like, where it felt like that was the book that I was reading that no one else was. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, and then when it finally gets some mainstream recognition, it feels great because you were there from the beginning. Um, and yeah, just with Milestone, it's never connected with me outside of Static Shock. When Static showed up in Teen Titans, like I so such a long time ago. Um. And, you know, just I'm playing with the TV show, continuity and whatnot. Um, yeah, what was funny, actually, is uh, a long time ago, I went on, like, a Who Cares About Maelstone rant, and I felt bad yeah. about it afterwards because I was confusing Maelstone with Whalestorm. So, <laughs> so I sat here and went, who gives a shit about Maelstone? And it, afterwards, when I realized what Maelstone was, that it was this curation yeah. of black creators trying to make yeah. books for that audience, I was like... Shit, I sound like a dickhead because I sat. <laughs> and it, but I was thinking about Whalestorm because I was thinking to, of just shitty 90s fair, comics. 
I don't think it was that much of a rant or else Connor would have fought you on it. Oh, sure, sure. But it might have just been a throwaway line. That feels like a rant now. Oh, I, don't yeah. remember I mean, it was meant in jest anyway, but yeah. I, I felt bad afterwards when I realized my mistake. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I was yeah. thinking of Whalestorm. Maelstone's actually <laughs> culturally yeah. a bit more important. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So but yeah, they're, they're trying. I mean, there was a hard, what was his name? Hardware book that's been coming out. There's this icon and rocket. Um, there was a static book for sure a static book and that's like again that's cool i'm glad that these books exist for people to read and discover and it'll might just be you know your whole corner that you love i mean i did that with titans so long ago do, do when i think I first got into comics i think the part of the weird thing is with this is that because it's another it's a separate corner but it's a separate corner of more superheroes I think I'm inherently more excited about a corner of horror books that are different because it's different yeah. to the, the main stuff that I'm reading. I think right. when I look at this, I go, oh, it's a separate corner, but it's a corner of more superhero stuff, and I don't really need more right. superheroes in my life, necessarily, you know? Yeah, yeah uh, that makes sense. So I think that's something that uh, sticks out. Uh, and another question from the same person. Is it just me, or is everyone doing contradictory Two-Face stories right now? In Task Force Z and Detective Comics, he seems to be turning back to his old ways in two very different ways. While in the new Joker book, he's bad out in the open. Um, yeah, there's a lot of inconsistencies with Two Face right now. Um, I wouldn't count the uh, the the one bad day one shot because those feel like they're kind of independent. Yeah, those are kind of standalone yeah. the story that they need to be. But the whole point in in Task Force Z is that he has people guessing him. You know, he, it's. It's that way to throw them off. Um, but Rosenberg writing both of those. So in the new Joker book, that's Rosenberg being familiar with Joker. So who knows at this point? I didn't get to that. I, I got that book. I didn't get a chance to read it. It was it was a um, bit weird. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't super into it. There were some nice moments, but for the most part, yeah. I was just kind of feeling alienated by it. Gotcha. But yeah, so I, I started it, and I remember joker having a showing up at a, at a restaurant and serving blood in a, in a soup so um <laughs> yeah and that's all that's all that sticks out but yeah that's that is kind of weird because those shouldn't be contradictory considering it's the same writer yeah yeah but bit, bit odd um uh, more more from uh, uh grayson right. <laughs> uh what do you guys think this judy garrick mystery that has been popping up into various books first it was stargirl then it was Flashpoint Beyond uh, on the board, and then the last issue of The Flash. Oh, God, like... Yeah? That Stargirl one-shot was so long ago now. <laughs> it was so long ago. But just, I mean, with with a name like Judy Garrick, it, it's going to be a tie into Flash family history. And you would think, you know, uh, with it showing up in Stargirl, it has to do something with Jay, I'm sure. And maybe a lost sidekick or a family member. You know, Judy's not his wife, right? I don't think so. No. Let's look. I remember. But yeah, I I don't know. I think it's just a fun right now. It's a fun. Uh, what is uh Jay's wife's name? That's what I'm looking up. I want to say something like Pam. Yeah. <laughs> Joan. Joan. There you go. It's Joan. Yeah, Joan. <laughs> apparently, back uh, in in the golden age, they had a daughter named Judy. So maybe oh, Mister Solved. We solved it. Yeah. There you go. So maybe they're they're pulling Judy from from the time stream, and now they're going to be a new Flash family character, you know. Uh, which again, we just got a big Superman family 
announcement, right? Flash Family is another one of those that feels like it's growing, you know, with, with Wally and his family. Uh, and we're, we're getting, you know, Surge. And then I, uh, Iris going to have a new codename coming up, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, definitely feel like big things in the Flash family. Yeah. Uh, with John's using characters like the New Frontier version of Steel and Helena Wayne Huntress, are there any legacy characters that you would like to see return who haven't been used in a very long time? My pick would be Hector Hall and Golden Eagle. This is an excellent question that I don't think I've got a good answer for, but I've got a feeling yeah. you may have a few up your sleeve. I mean, the, the Hector Hall one's good because I like when they use any of these Hawkman characters for legacy type stuff. Um, trying to think of some some of the other ones. Like, I know I miss I miss Jesse Quick being Liberty Bell at times. Um, I I wish they could she could flip back and forth, you know, because it is just a, it comes down to a uh, thing, but. Liberty Bill as a character, too. I feel like we don't get enough of her, you know, in, in a lot of these old JSA stories. Mm-hmm. We forget that she was there, too. Um, trying to think of some of the other ones just off the top of my head. Uh, Sand, right? From from the JSA? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with Sand, actually. We, he's a long time. such an interesting character. He was Sandy the Golden Boy and, and all this stuff. That, you know, I just feel like with... with and, and again, this is a lot of JSA... It, things because the JSA has been noticeably absent through most of Rebirth. So... Yeah, I think for me, because like I'm mostly someone who has read, you know, the the 2000s era and maybe a bit yeah. in the 90s, like, I feel like for people who read a lot of Bronze Age and like just immediate post-crisis, mm-hmm. I feel like people who are really into that era probably have tons of these to say because a lot yeah. of people from that time have been forgotten. I think because a lot of the writers writing right now kind of like grew up reading the same era that we did a lot of the characters yep. that we care about are at least being somewhat serviced mm-hmm. so i think that's why maybe well, i mean for, for the longest time it was connor kent for me right so you know that that was a character that wasn't being utilized at all and then business brought him back and now he's on the cover of the the superman book as part of the family so um trying to think of some other ones of some of those golden agey eras that got folded into other i mean it feels like they're doing stuff in that superman um announcement they had announced uh power girl mm-hmm. returning to her kryptonian roots you know so that, that's another one that that would go up there with the the uh, helena wayne side of things so but yeah nothing off the top of my head i mean i could say Le- legion superheroes because they're still effectively floating out there <laughs> somewhere but i mean there's been know. books that just weren't very good right right so, so to me, they didn't happen. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, from at C is real. Uh, few questions here. Uh, all sort of like one after the other. Uh, what are your favorite movies? Any genre, not just comic book. Uh, so as this is a bit off topic as, as a yeah. question, but I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. this is that's a bold question because if you don't know, like if people listening to this show don't know, um, mm-hmm. there's actually multiple movie podcasts that I co-host. Um over on Male Fuzz Movies on YouTube, or you can get each of them individually as, as audio podcasts. Yeah. Uh, but I have a horror movie podcast called The Screams After Midnight that I do with Tim. I have a science fiction movie podcast uh, called The Atomic Cinema Experiment that I do with Tara. And I just recorded the first episode of a new show that's starting in November called The Collector's Cut. And that's going through franchising and things like that. Uh, so what I'm saying is is that I am very opinionated when it comes to movies. <laughs> and... when, me and, when, when me and Pete first started doing this type of stuff, it was because of movies. Yes, yeah, we talked about yeah. movies before we talked about comics. 
so I mean, I think I, I literally like, a couple of years ago did a full top 100 on YouTube, but uh, so it's a big question is what I'm saying. What were some of your favorite movies? Big question. I mean, I, I guess I'll just yeah. tackle some from different genres here, okay? Um, yeah. But we'll do a couple each for each of these genres that I bring up, right? Yeah. To, to sort yeah. of structure this. All right. Um, horror, Matt, give me one. Uh, Halloween. I agree with the original Halloween. I'll also yes. add on It Follows. No, I meant 2018, Pete. Okay, you're fired. Kidding. You're never going to be on kidding, this show yeah. again. I am not... Uh, uh, you know. No. Kidding. Kidding, of course. Uh, yes. The only worst thing you could have said is if you meant the Rob Zombie one. No, hell no, no, no. <laughs> I have taste, please. Uh, original Die of Dead's fantastic. Um, American Werewolf in, in London is one of my favorites because it's so weird. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I like it a lot. So, I would put it in my favorites. So it's not in my, like, no, yeah, you know, yeah. Mount Rushmore of horror um, movies, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, if, we're, if we're counting Jaws as a horror... Uh, Jaws, Jaws is there. For, for me, um, it's like Halloween, Alien, um, maybe Black Christmas, the original. Mm. Maybe, um, uh, what else would I put that high up there? Uh, some of the Shinings, obviously excellent. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's funny. Mm. All right, so yeah. there you go. I don't, I don't one more. I, I give you like four. So, um, horror off the top of my head. What's a ghosty movie I like? Uh, I'll throw in the original Poltergeist. Uh, eh. just, yeah, it's it's very me versus you. It's a it's, it's you can feel Spielberg all over that. Uh, so just uh, I, I, for for I those of it. you who've watched Kirby Enthusiasm, just imagine Larry David going eh. shrugging, doing eh. Yeah, that's my reaction. Okay, to Poltergeist. All right, I'll I'll take back Poltergeist. I want to put a ghost one in there, and I'll say uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I, I don't love that. I love this movie. Because it's not yeah. good. It knows what it is at points. Um, I love Jason Takes Manhattan. I will not have yeah. the slander that people yeah. bad about Jason Takes Manhattan. No. I mean, it's not, it's not the 10 out of 10 of the other things I mentioned, but no. uh, but I love it. But we're talking favorites, not best. So, you know, it was it, part three or part eight. Those are always my go-to. So. All right. Uh, okay, we'll do sci-fi next since it's the two yeah. I mentioned already. Uh yeah. All right, so I already mentioned Alien, but you know, Aliens is my favorite movie of all time. So I'll just mention that right now. Um, so yeah, Aliens, the Terminator, basically James Cameron's like <laughs> just amazing. Take it all. Yeah, uh, um, and uh, also throw on Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. Throw on I don't know, like Robocop. Like there's, there's t- like there's so many great sci-fi movies. I, I, there's a reason why I started a podcast about them because they're they're, yeah, they're, they're sure. fantastic. What's some of your favorites, Matt? So, so I'm gonna go Back to the Future. Oh, yep, yeah, there you go. That's another that's one. That's a huge one. Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's pretty high up. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, if we're counting it as as sci-fi, Kong Skull Island, because we all know oh, uh, the self-parody. I mean, it is sci-fi, but like, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a bad pick. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, because I, I do love that movie. Um, uh, I don't love sci-fi as much as Pete does. Uh, he's, he, you know, the reason I do like horror as much is because doing shows with Pete, and he made me watch things I thought I was afraid of. Uh, but when it comes to sci-fi, I tend to go more towards. I like uh, you know, action adventure more than. I like sci-fi. a lot of different sci-fi. I love small budget, cerebral mm-hmm. sci-fi. Oh. I love big sci. What? Yeah. Uh, Galaxy Quest. Oh, okay. Um, I love me Galaxy Quest. You know, I love something small like Coherence or Cube, but I also love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bigger, flashier things like uh, an Inception or Interstellar. All, all very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, was the action. I'm just listening on my head. Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
uh, any Indiana Jones, uh, basically. I'm so stoked for the new I, one. I don't want to be a cliche, but I'll just, I'll just, like, let's get Die Hard out of the way, because it is, yeah, it is, that was, that was my next one. There's a reason uh, why it's considered one have, of the best movies Have of all you time. seen the trailer for Violent Night? I have seen the trailer for, which is Die Hard, but with Santa Claus, played by it's, David Harbour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had me at David Harbour as Santa, because I could just see him as, like, a gruff, like, not quite bad Santa, but just, like, grumpy Santa. And then you introduce a diehard element to it, and he's using his Christmas magic yeah. to save the day. He basically he comes down the chimney only to find himself in a hostage situation. And it's like, okay, I need to, I need to be John McClane. Yep. I need to be uh, jolly old John McClane. <laughs> I, I am so, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Predator, right? Like, that's a classic. Yeah. Who, who doesn't love Predator besides my wife? Um, I, I mean, I'd actually have put that in the sci fi uh, category, but you know. Yeah, yes, but I guess it's both, right? It it's is, like uh, Alien is both sci-fi and horror. Um, it runs that. Um, the Mummy, the 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 Brendan Fraser one, big fan of that movie. Mm-hmm. It's a fun action movie. Um, I think what else? What else? What other action adventure that that we could? Yeah, this is hard when you're put on the spot because you know yeah, I don't right. keep everything on Letterbox like Pete does. So it's much easier for him. So I'm actually just opening my letterbox to help me. Yeah, see, see? Yeah. <laughs> I know I've been doing shows with him for nigh on ten years, so I, I know I know these things now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose action is also where I'd put most comic book movies. So I guess this yeah. is where I throw in the Dark, Dark Knight, Knight and you know that trilogy and and Dark Knight. So I, I throw on, Winter so Soldier up there. That's one of my favorites. Um. Uh, still talking comic book movie, Spider Man Homecoming is probably my favorite Spider Man movie. That's not animated. That's into the Spider Verse. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I guess I guess animated would go for any of these two. Oh, I'm sure. I'll throw out Speed. Speed's a really good, yeah. just uh, great standalone yeah. action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I am you know I'm someone who grew up watching you know Schwarzenegger and Stallone and like the, the yeah. action stars of the eighties. So mm-hmm. a lot of those are kind of you know nostalgic yeah. for me so mm-hmm. I, I do like a lot of those um all right uh comedy matt oh man um i won't start with my personal favorite but one of my all-time favorites is ferris bueller's day off they found that one um that's okay yeah bill and ted's excellent adventure eh, that's okay it's an all-timer um forgetting star marshall's my favorite comedy of all time so i haven't seen it uh, <laughs> yeah um nah well, the answer is Hot Fuzz for a start, right? <laughs> like Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz ranks up there. Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, well, what other comedies do I like? Yeah. I tend um, to, I tend to prefer. Oh, the first Naked Gun. That's really good. <laughs> is that the one with the Queen, or is that Naked Gun Two? Uh, I think the Queen's on both Naked Gun One and Two. Okay. But I think there's more Queen stuff in the second one, which is probably okay. what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, Happy Gilmore. I love, I love early Adam Sandler a whole lot. He's lying. He loves all Adam Sandler. He loves look, uh, look. Halloween. Halloween. No, what's was, 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 was that? I do enjoy called? Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. That's it. I would not put it close to my favorite movies. So. <laughs> um, but I loved how stupid it was. I can, I do love stupid funny things. Yeah. Uh, okay. How about uh, sort of the the rest of the genres then? Just I'll just bundle them all together. Just, yeah. just put thriller and drama together. Was it? Um. Because as far as classics go, because I love a lot of classic cinema and world mm-hmm. cinema. Uh, Diabolique, I love. Paris, Texas. 
Uh, I, yeah. I love that. I adore it. Cinema Paradiso is fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. Um, there's so much. Like, I'm someone who likes seeking out, like, Criterion releases and, like, mm-hmm. discovering some of those films. Uh, I love checking out old things and, like, uh, you know, less conventional things that are there. Um, huh? Yeah. I like a lot of movies, is basically what I'm saying. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've done a top 100 in the past. Um, I've got a feeling next time I try and do something like that, I'll probably be crazy and do like a top two fifty, because I'm just a <laughs> madman. Uh, you know, because because I've done I've done like a top one hundred horror and a top one hundred sci fi, I think at different points. So mm-hmm. the, the, the top two fifty is inevitable. Oh boy, Thanos! <laughs> I am inevitable. What about you? What about your sort of other? So favorites? if we're talking classics, I love Strangers on a Train. Um, most most oh, okay. early Hitchcock. I'm a big fan of um, I, Treasure oh. of the Sierra Madre. It's a good John Ford. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. a lot of Hitchcock. Um, Rear Windows, obviously, yeah. phenomenal. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember bonding with Pete on uh, both thinking Vertigo is slightly overrated. It's yeah. a very well-made movie, but the amount of love it gets, I don't understand. Like, it's a really great movie, but I do think yeah. it's it does sag a bit in the first half for me, and I do think it's you know. Like, it's probably still in Hitchcock's top 10 for me, but yeah. it's at the low end of his top 10. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like... Because yeah. I rewatched a bunch of them last year, and, uh, like, I'd forgotten how good Dial M for Murder is, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Rope's fantastic. Doubt. Um, wait, not Doubt. Shadow um, of a Doubt. Shadow of a Doubt. No, Shadow of a Doubt. Um, the other one... Oh, my God. It's at Nazi Germany. Um... A Hitchcock movie? Yeah, it's a Hitchcock movie. I'd watch it in film school, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Try to remember. <sighs> Sabotage. There you go. You know, okay. if I stared on my keyboard, it would come. Yeah, I love Sabotage. That one's very, very tense. Um, so you know the stakes in that one. But yeah, yeah I'm not not into the the world cinema as much as Pete. He has had me watch some <laughs> a lot of Japanese stuff. So you know, you know, uh, Seven Samurai. Oh, Korea makes a lot of good movies. Uh, the last, Korea, like, yeah. Yeah, Parasite, obviously, is the new one that everyone like mm-hmm. loves. But like, you know, if you go back to like Old Boy and uh, uh, films um, of that era, there's tons of great stuff. What's the one that you made me watch with the guy from Old Boy? He's the he's the protagonist, and then he's the he's the heavy. Um, is it sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Yes, yes, sympathy yeah. for Mr. Vengeance. That one is it's played out um, kind of like it's super dark early. And then the stuff that the secret agent James Bond type does to the guy that killed his his beloved, it gets Looney Tunes in its violence. Um, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's another one Pete had me watch. So good. Um, um yeah, and I, as far as like recent, obviously we mentioned Parasite there, but like some of my favorite recents would be like 1917. I thought was fantastic. It's mm-hmm. uh, if you're trying to make yeah. a movie appear as one shot, you're basically just appealing to my uh my yeah. fetish yeah i know 1917 was so good I, yeah that, that's one like the first avatar that i feel like watching it on my tv at home isn't going to do it justice you know so mm-hmm. seeing it in the theater was a big part of its appeal so uh but yeah 1917 was up there that was yeah so basically if you want to hear more talk about movies specifically yeah. for me uh there is Thousands mm-hmm. of hours of it, uh, over on Male Fuzz Movies, if you haven't yeah. checked that out before, so. Um, and most of it is available as audio podcast as well in the various, uh, feeds with I, so. Very good, yeah, that, yeah. 
Imagine asking what some of her favorite movies are and not expecting a long yeah. <laughs> answer yeah. to it. Uh, Good thing Connor's not here to, to tell us he's still never seen Back to the Future. So. No, he's seen it. He just thinks it's not that good. Oh, I thought that was one he hadn't seen. No, he just goes, it's fine. Damn, he's wrong to assault him. He's not watched the sequels because the first one's just fine. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I hope the dog finds him again. <laughs> yeah, right. Just to knock him down and break his other arm. Yeah. Uh, who are your favorite DC villains and why? So, oh, this is interesting. Uh huh. Um, see, that's the thing. I do love Joker when he's done well, right? I love right. how much of an antithesis he is to Batman. I love him in the same way that I kind of love the shape Michael Myers as a horror movie villain. Mm-hmm. I love the Joker and that he is this force of nature, that he is just mm-hmm. like complete chaos and he represents that ideal. But of course, Joker is obviously overdone. So to yeah. pivot to more interesting answers, um, I do, I do like a bit of Mr. Freeze to, to stick with the Batman villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Reverse Flash. I like how sinister he can be because of the all the time manipulation and mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff. Um, Sinesh was a really interesting sort of sympathetic villain who you can understand his motivations. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, and obviously Lex Luthor's a great villain for you know a variety of reasons because he's, again, kind of understandable and you can kind of dig into his ego and what makes him think the way mm-hmm. he does. You know, he, you know like people kept saying they wanted Cranston to play Lex Luthor, and you could say, yeah, it's just because he was bald for one role, but I actually do think that Walter White is a very Lex Luthor character in a lot of ways, yep. and there's a reason to, to compare them. So There's that, and I feel like Cranston can nail the pettiness that is Lex. I think, for me, I just like variety. I think you, you need villains that are forces of nature that are simple mm-hmm. and just completely evil. You need villains that mm-hmm. are sympathetic. You need villains yeah. that are kind of tragic and understandable you yeah. need you need all t- all the kinds you need all yeah. types of them yeah um i mean we just talked about lex lex is my all-time favorite villain just because he is the antithesis of superman uh, i also love cheetah and you know to oh get sure into that but that's more on the tragic side because yeah when you use the rucka origin and the fact that she was trying to uncover this lost piece of knowledge and it okay. corrupted her you, you can kind of you can kind of group something like, I, I would mm-hmm. put Sinestro and Black Adam very close together as far as yeah. characters Cheetah yeah. I would put very close to Two-Face as a type yeah. of villain right I, they're, they're very another, similar another yeah. one of my favorites I mean unless we're counting Ivy as an anti-hero at this point because I feel like she is now yeah she's kind of evolved you know but she's she was another one that's as tragic that wants you know another set of circumstances and they're a hero not not a villain um and then Ra's al Ghul for you know, he's kind of the the Lex Luthor minus the pettiness. And I just love how Bond villainy sure, he is. Sure, yeah. And uh yeah. yeah, and some villains obviously Mr. Freeze has a lot of sympathy as well, but I think Mr. Freeze mm-hmm. is just like when he's well designed, I love how he looks. And I love the visuals yeah. that he brings to what he does because of all the ice mm-hmm. and because of the the, the, the outfit. Yeah. I think Clayface mechanically, because of the shape shifting, is a really interesting mm-hmm. villain to have to like work around. Yeah. Um obviously I liked when they made him kind of a more of a hero in detective comics, yeah. but uh, yeah, so I, I guess, like, you know, I, I can sit and tell you why I like a lot of DC villains. Mm-hmm. It's probably easier to, like, look at the ones I don't like and sort of say well, it's because we have too many of this type or because their design's yeah. just kind of overcomplicated or they don't challenge the villain or the hero in an interesting way uh, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, that, and that's where you get to sort of your C-list villains that are kind of like, yeah. you know, but, like... They're there. You know, like, obviously, Brainiac's great. Right, and you obviously you've got Zod, mm-hmm. but 
because uh, actually talking superman asked a question on his twitter uh this yeah. week which uh was basically rank your your preference for type of superman villains and the four options which by the way nuclear man did not fit into any of these options but it was like <laughs> it was like kryptonian villain an alien yeah. villain that's not kryptonian uh, a human villain or a human that's got powers of some kind is enhanced right. with the right and i'll bring this up because i just think it's an interesting question to answer mm-hmm. is that number one uh human with no powers because it's the total opposite of superman right and right, right? right. And that's why it makes lex so interesting mm-hmm. um number two would be aliens but not kryptonians Right. Number three would be humans with powers, and then last would be Kryptonians. And don't get me wrong, right. Zod's great, but right. like with Kryptonians, less is more. Every time mm-hmm. they reveal another Kryptonian somehow survives, you lessen the Kryptonians that are already yeah. around. You know, you're yeah. you're watering them down. So that's why uh, they're my least favorite of the the group. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is I'm saying that once a character has their perfect, like, uh, intelligent villain or their perfect physical villain or their perfect kind of like polar opposite mm-hmm. villain once you start repeating that further down the, the ladder you 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 know they, they start to feel lesser and lesser it's, it's diminishing returns yeah so yeah. um I, I i don't know if that gave it was a good answer necessarily but <laughs> no. but yeah no uh also we, you mentioned mr freeze i feel like i have to go with the cold one and i love captain cold oh yeah, and yeah. he's had he's had the anti-hero type vibe but just the fact that he can't get out of his own way and he's constantly making his life more difficult, but it's somehow the Flash's fault. I, I like, like the idea of the roles because it's this team of misfits that get together yep. because they're they're all they are kind of all it, a bit useless in some way. <laughs> yeah, well, and they're yeah they they all have their things. So solo, they're not that much of a threat. Like yeah, sure, you know, Heat Wave or uh, Heat Wave or Weather Wizard, you know, they can cause chaos, but it's when they get together. And, yeah, uh, for more know. on this topic, uh, we did the top ten villains for. Was it episode mm-hmm. 200 we did that for? I believe so. Yeah. We yeah. had to organize them and agree and... Yeah. It was an anniversary. It was either 200 mm-hmm. or 250 or maybe a 100 or something. Cause I, but I think we did top 10 heroes maybe after for 100. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it was after that. But yeah, uh, we, we did sort of do our, our, our top 10s for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question. Also, we're still on uh, seeing it as real here. Uh, mm-hmm. What got you into actually reading comics? I've probably told this story before, but this is... Um, uh batman begins was was what got me reading comics i you know grew up watching the batman animated series and watching the movies i watched the superman movies and i kind of fell away for it because i think like a lot of people when you're kids once you hit about like 12 you want to kind of get away from stuff that seems kiddy because you want to feel grown up or something and you get away from it and then when batman begins came out when i was 16 and it was so freaking good it kind of reignited a love and like that movie spoke to me in so many ways and kind of Mm -hmm. And I already loved Batman from the animated series, but this was kind of, like, really made me connect with the character, and I wanted to mm-hmm. read the comics. So, you know, it made me seek out Year One, it made me seek out Long Halloween, and I, I kept, you know, I, I read all the big classics from there. And then mm-hmm. after I'd read, you know, like, two dozen Batman trades, I was like, oh, I'll read some Superman. And then, you know, from there, I was like, oh, I want to try the characters that don't have Because t- at that point, if it wasn't Batman or Superman, there was no other media, so it was like, oh, I want to mm-hmm. read some Flash and Green Lantern, because they don't have movies, they don't have TV shows. Right. Okay, yes, Flash had one season of a TV show that I'd never heard of at the time, but that's that's not yeah. really there. Uh, so, yeah, as Batman Begins, uh, you know, I just, that, that movie, like, yeah. I, I felt like I understood Batman as a character in a new way after seeing that, that made me kind of inspired, and I just mm-hmm. kind of went from there. Yeah. Uh, but was it also a movie for you that kind of got uh, you? 
Really? Well, it wasn't so much a movie. It was I've I've always had superheroes as far back as I can remember, and it's watching the cartoons. Or there was that uh, Adventures of Superboy show that was on in the eighties. I remember being a big fan of that. Um, I can't remember not knowing Christopher Reeve as Superman. Mm. Like it's just always been in my life. You know, my my parents have early videotape. You know, of me running around with a towel tied around my neck <laughs> to be Superman. You know, um, but it was you know it was weirdly a lot of the Marvel properties because they all had the cartoons that were on it at different times that led to me caring about comics enough to start looking for them at the newsstand, you know, at my grocery store, you know, so I'd pick up an X-Men comic here or a Batman comic there and, and whatever you can find them. Um, but it wasn't until I officially went off to college. And you know, when I say go off, it was, you know, I had to drive 10 minutes to, to my local university here. Um, but they had a comic book store across the street. And so in my time in between classes, I would go there and just get stuff. And that's, uh, I was pulled into DC because of Jeff Johns. I was reading wizard uh, magazine a lot at that time. And that's actually how I was getting most of my comic book information just because there wasn't any close comic shops. And they kept talking about how great this flash run is. And now he was taking over teen Titans. So I found those two and I have not looked back. Yeah. I, well, I just, yeah. Cause I was relatively late in the sense that I was, you know, I was 16 mm -hmm. when I read my first comic yeah. and I don't think I knew anyone who read comics as a kid. It yeah. just wasn't something that... I had nothing against them, but no one I knew read them. My parents weren't going to introduce them because they didn't really mm -hmm. know anything about them. Yeah. So there was, it just wasn't in my world. It, was just, like, it wasn't until a movie inspired me that I was like, because yeah. of, by that point, obviously, I've got the internet, I can go seek right. out information. But there was no natural gateway for me early on, despite the fact that I liked you know, a couple of big comic book characters. Like, I don't even know yeah. if I knew they came from comic books until maybe later you know when i was like yeah. seven did i know batman and superman yeah. comic book characters probably not yeah like that's a good question because i know i knew them more as tv and movie characters because like yeah i watched the 60s batman show with my grandpa or not my great grandpa i just called him grandpa but that's when fx was just starting and that was like the only thing they played and he loved adam west for whatever reason and so i would sit in his living room and watch the adam west batman you know and almost learning to read you know because of the onomatopoeia with the bang and the pow and, and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't think at that time I knew it came from a from a comic book. I just knew it was a character. So I wonder if that's how kids are going to be with Marvel characters going forward, where because they're just everywhere right now, yeah. they don't realize that like Iron Man and Captain America and Spider-Man are in comic books. I think the fact that comic book sales haven't really picked up that much, mm -hmm. even though Marvel movies are this big enterprise mm -hmm. now, it kind of tells me that, yeah, like, it's still as much of a niche to actually read the comics as it was before. It's not really, yeah. you know... Yeah, obviously, some people will start reading, but... Yeah, of course. It's, I it's, mean, it's not this unmasked thing. Like, because of the movies, Marvel Comics should be trouncing DC in comic books. And they do sell right? a bit more, but it's not... It's not no, no more than they did, you know, 15 no, years ago. But it's weirdly the stuff that they're not really making movies about right now. It's, it's mm. the X line. That's selling like super, super well for Marvel. Do you know what I think that tells you? I think it tells yeah. you that the audience who care about the comic books, mm -hmm. well, I'm sure they all go and see the movies. Yeah. It tells you that it is a very separate thing where they care about, in the yeah. same way that a video game audience, just because like something is a big movie doesn't mean people yeah. are going to care about the video game uh, and vice versa. Or like, mm -hmm. um, you know, like. Or wrestling fans when like they're trying to push a wrestler, but you know, they, like everyone loves someone else, so they're all going to cheer for the other person. Like there's kind right. of this, you know, 
there's a push and a pull with this type of stuff. Yeah, you know, I don't yeah. want to say echo chamber, but there's there's definitely yeah. like the the comic book community like has the things that it likes, and it really mm-hmm. loves X Men comic books. So even though the right. X Men movies have been a bit wonky for a long time, it doesn't matter because the comic no. books still exist on their own. And I, I right. think when it comes to like comic book characters at this point, yeah, because they butcher some of the characters so much. Like if you like Cassandra Kane, that Birds of Prey movie did not do her justice. So. No. But luckily, right now in the comics, they're treating her quite well. She's uh, you know around. Yeah. She's she's part of an ensemble book on a regular basis. She's brought up a mm-hmm. lot in the other bat books. It's quite nice. So, but but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I remember when these comic movies were still doing the big midnight releases, and my comic shop would go set up like a display, mm. and I I remember asking him, and at first it would lead to like more people coming into the store, but now we're you know, fifteen years in. And people don't seem, you know, they're they're very separate audiences, so yeah, which is fine. Um, but hey, uh, next up, how did you all meet and decide to start a podcast? Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, basically, we're on a Facebook group, and it oh. it was it was comic book related. It was a comic book group. It was, but the actual original podcasts and things we recorded, which weren't very good, we've gotten much yeah. better since then. Uh, were movie or TV related, and then. Because Rebirth, and we were all DC fans, and we talked about DC just casually from time to time. Mm-hmm. And then they announced DC Rebirth, and alarm bells went off in my head, and I said, "This is the perfect time to start a DC Comics podcast. This is the perfect time to jump in mm-hmm. and start just talking about the books as they're coming out weekly." And I wrote Connor and Matt into it. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. basically the the thing. I've, I've, I know my history, right? It was stupidly my idea to go. Let's go record a reaction to the Rebirth news. Uh, well, yeah, because I said we should do a podcast. Yep. You said, oh, we should record something like an episode zero reacting yep. to the announcements. So, yeah, episode yep. zero, which is like just us talking about all the rebirth yep. announcements, you know, that was kind of spur of the moment almost. Yep. And, and yeah, so, um, but yeah, but no, yeah, there's a Facebook group. We, we had it off. And then me and Pete started doing a, a movie podcast. Which, was... for the record, like, I barely use Facebook at all anymore. Like, there's a few oh, people. Too. There's a few people I message on it because that's just where yeah. they are. But like, other than yeah. that, I do not post anything on Facebook. I've deleted yeah. most of my Facebook history because I don't really mm-hmm. want it to exist. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can't know? have the meme war getting out, you know. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, but yeah. I mean, we effectively just use Messenger to message each other more than anything. I mean, I'm I'm on there for certain things, but even some of the groups I was in, just Facebook kind of sucks anymore. Yeah, I'm, the gr- I'm the thankful groups... that it brought us all together, and I have a lot of good friends because of yeah. that group, you know. Yeah, there's a few it. people from that, because the groups are kind of dead, but I still talk yeah. to, you know, a few people outside of the people who obviously everyone knows from Wait. the podcast, uh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I still talk to James all the time, who's a guy that yeah. I met on there on Twitter and stuff. Um, it's, it's just the conversations move. You're either in the Discord or you're just chatting casually on Twitter now as opposed to a Facebook group. Things have just yeah. moved on. Uh, yeah. but that, that's basically it um, and then mm-hmm. the final joke question I'll say here is when will Peter finally realise that Jason Goes to Hell is brilliant and I will tell you right now I'm not going to sit here for this <laughs> you son of a bitch nope. no I don't have to deal with this type of disrespect <laughs> movie's trash absolute you, you trash I'll, I'll make I'll make a what, not, not a wager What's, I'll make a concession you could tell me that you like that movie as a horror movie. It is not a good Friday right the Thirteenth movie. <laughs> that's All right. I think you, that's a fair statement. Yeah. You you could say like yeah sure you know it's it's a weird possessiony thing. 
It is not Jason. I mean, part five is the one that I, I like the least after it goes to hell. But it, it's at least pretending to be a Jason movie. Goes to hell doesn't even care. You know? Yeah, no, I I think five is quite watchable to be honest. Like it's obviously yeah. one of the weakest ones of the the, mm-hmm. the, the classic movies, but I still think it's, I think yeah. I think it's perfectly watchable. I would never skip it when I'm going through the franchise. No, because it's yeah, it, it but it sows the seeds for one of my favorites, yeah. which is Jason Lives. But so. I, I will skip nine every time. Yeah. Every Come time. On, yeah. I wasn't even upset when I got them all on digital for that sale last Friday the 13th, you know, because now I can just mm. skip nine and go get Jason X and I'll, I'll be fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Jason X is a blast. Uh, which, by the way, about, yeah, the first one upgraded to 4K uh, last month. So, Ooh. so your first Friday the 13th right. is just magically turned into 4K. Hey, hey great. Isn't that nice? Uh, we're going to watch those. Uh, we're having my niece over to watch scary movies for the spooky season. And uh, I think we might watch one of those with her. I'm not sure which one yet. You know, I'm glad that, uh, you know, someone asking about Afraid of the Third. I'm glad yeah. that some of the weird shit we tangent into is actually appealing to at least some of the audience because they give a True. shit about it. Like, Jason goes to hell. You can tell me any of the other ones are a masterpiece. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That one, no no, thank you, sir. But I tell you what, you can go to hell with them if you want. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, next up, Booster Green. Uh, this is two parts to this give a sequel to any mini or maxi series that you enjoyed mm-hmm. uh what are you picking um that's a good question um because yeah. oh, especially recently there's been a lot of good you know these 12 yeah. issue tom king books and things like that i don't necessarily want a sequel to any of those um but i would uh, you brought up being super earlier i always mm-hmm. thought that could make for some great like follow-up stories mm-hmm. set in that world um but I'm just, I, the, the thing about these is that most of them are self-contained and end their stories. So I don't know yeah. if a lot of them leave me wanting more, unless it's I, what, unless it's one that feels like this could be the start of an ongoing book. You right. know. So like Harleen, just because mm. of what that did with Harley Quinn and made me not, you know, dislike her as much as I did before. There's so much more to that story that Sajik was getting into, where it just kind of ends with her becoming Harley. And that's fine because it's kind of an origin book, but it kind of just touches on the whole um, Harley and Ivy relationship and her kind of doing bad things for good reasons and kind of her. And so I could almost see like that being the first part of a trilogy. That yeah, because you know, the middle the book, Harley, the middle book would be her time actually being out yep. and being bad with the Joker, and mm-hmm. maybe the first time she meets Ivy, and then yep. the the ending, the, the final part would maybe be her. You know, becoming more of an anti-hero and like breaking yep. away from the Joker. Yeah, like, I, I can see yeah. potential in sequels. So I, I could see it with stuff like that, or um, that that Batman, the Jock Batman book. I could see gimmicky follow-ups by Jock, where that one was about the power outage. Mm. Um, I could see Jock doing something else creatively with his art um, as a follow-up there. But I don't know if I there's any minis or things like that that I'm like, you know hoping for because because i'm thinking of some some you know obviously recent favorites but even like classic favorites like uh superman secret identity you know i don't think that mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want a sequel to that i think it you know it ends perfectly it doesn't need any more yeah kind of thing yeah. uh you know maybe you could do something like mark wade doing superman and it basically being a sequel to birthright you could do like yeah. you know him going back to the character and it's kind of like a spiritual follow-up set mm-hmm. you know years later in his career yeah. uh or maybe just like he does like a, a, a follow up, which is okay. This is the second year of Superman when he first encounters Zod or yeah, something like that. You that, know? that like a year two. Type yeah, deal. yeah, that'd be cool. 
That, that would be um, cool, actually. Yeah. I mean, look, Chip's doing really great on, on Batman right now. I would love to see what his Superman version of that is. Like how he did the night. Oh, sure. I would love to I would love to see like the early adventures of Clark Kent learning to be a journalist. Right. Well that yeah, that would be him traveling the world and being mm -hmm. like a like a independent journalist whilst yeah. saving people on the side without a costume. Presumably. Uh, and you know, funnily enough, that's my favorite part of Birthright, is that the early part of Birthright mm. where he's going around and basically using his voice as a journalist before he's using his powers, you know. But of course he's still saving people from ruffians and whatnot. And somehow Ghostmaker will be a prominent supporting character in it. I mean, if that, that's what he wants to do, <laughs> I trust Chip at this point. So, uh, uh, The second yeah. part here was uh, also a sequel to a book you thought was okay, but maybe it, like if it, they could do better with a set of follow-up, right. basically. Uh, that's an interesting question. Something mm -hmm. that I think could have had more potential than it got and maybe... That's a really I'm good thinking, question. I don't know if I've got a specific it is. answer. I'm, I'm trying to think with something. I was like, eh, because those ten don't they tend to not make an imprint on the, me as the, much. Yeah, well, was the problem? As I'm sure there has been many's where I've went. You know, this this was more yeah. promising, but it was kind of mediocre overall. Like, I'm sure there's some good answers for this, but because that's the ultimate feeling I have with them, I forget them very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if I've got one. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's stories that would I would like follows up to. So like, like I I really like Tom Taylor, but his Suicide Squad was kind of just okay. But I feel like we're getting his follow up in Superman. Son of I like his Suicide Squad more than his Superman, but I mean, yeah. to each their own, I suppose. Yeah. Um. But again, I thought it was fine. I I I think that the highs are really highs, but the lows are kind of you know they're there. They're not lows per se because it's still Tom Taylor. Yeah, I don't remember having lows in that Suicide Squad. Break. No, but it's like again, I just feel like looking back on it, I'm like it's okay. I really like the introduction of the revolutionaries, and but we're kind of getting a follow up in, and we're seeing some of those characters pop up again, and it it still has the same vibe as the Suicide Squad. So yeah, I really like that. Book. I, I I think he's Superman's way more like up and down compared to, mm -hmm. but you know whatever. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, this is a tough one. That's a tough, I, I, I honestly, I think I have to tap out. I don't think I've got a, an answer. I'd have to, yeah. I'd, I'd have to research that. I think and go back and check and like mm -hmm. look at things I've read. Um, yeah. Uh, da 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 da. Where are we? Uh, next up. Uh, so question from Phoenix Rising Twenty One. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think DC, uh, Universe Infinite Ultra? That's a really awkward. Like just got DC Ultra. Let's just call it DC Ultra. Is DC's answer to the Comixology relaunch fiasco? Do you think that there was any thought given to offering day one purchases in the app uh, on the site prior to this move, or do you think this is their attempt to directly compete to Marvel Unlimited? Obviously, we can't talk about this in the news, but I think to yeah. tackle this question directly, I don't really think it's got anything to do with the, the Comixology, like Amazon, like relaunch. Like, obviously, it's unfortunate that's happened, I, but I don't. I like that conspiracy theory, though. Honestly, and. There is competition with Unlimited here, certainly, but I think, like I said earlier, I think it's inevitable that comics will eventually be in these mm -hmm. subscription services and they'll be offered day and day. I think it's something that we're going to get to no matter what, and this was just the next step. I think competition with Marvel is a part of it, but I think the idea of them like enticing new people who like the idea of being able to read everything and choose whatever they want without choosing what they want, meaning spending another $4, another $5, another $4, you know, on every single issue, 
Um, I think I, I think this is about trying to make comics more mainstream by offering it a really attractive package mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. is what, what I would say. Obviously, more, competition more is still equal there. More but, money. Uh, right. the, and the other part, did they, did they consider same day? I'm sure they did. I'm yeah. I'm sure they thought, can we get away with it right now? And after a lot of market research and like considering how comics bookshops would yeah. react, they said it's too early to jump straight to it. I wish they did, but they, they've yeah. clearly decided it's too early to jump straight to that. Yeah, and, and that, that's nice too, because it's also allowing the comic shops to try to, you know, adjust to it, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but but people are still going to go in to get, like, variant covers, and like we talked about earlier, the collectors are still going to want to collect. And yeah. a digital file is not the same as a physical book. So yeah. I, there's yeah. still going to be a market. And it was already competing with Marvel Unlimited. I mean, Marvel Unlimited yeah. reacted to DC uh, Universe right. Infinite in the first place. This is them going a step further. Uh, so, like I say, competition is good. And um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I'll let's get into do with the comicsology uh, relaunch though. Uh, although it's a nice plus that it gets to kind of circumvent that. If you read your DC books via this way, now you don't have to deal with uh, Amazon's app, which is not yeah. as good as it used to be. Nope. But hey, um, so yeah, cool. Um, da, 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 da. let's find our next batch of questions. Um, okay, as long-time DC readers yourselves, this is from uh, at River Wilson ninety three, uh, which I assume is when he was born, because you know sounds about feasible. Uh, so, uh, as long-time DC readers yourselves, any advice for someone who likes the announcements coming out of New York Comic Con but is cautious to be excited as they have been burned by. Uh, I guess maybe midway reboots before. Yeah. Um. Just look at the creatives, right? Yeah. If you like, if you like Williamson, if you like uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, and you like Tom Taylor, this is all great news. Um, yeah, I don't they're think to write more books. This doesn't feel like a a big midway reboot. You know, to me, this doesn't feel like a a huge change. It, no, it seems like a recalibrating of the Superman line, right? Like we went from the Bendis to that ended. And then we had Aged Up John, and we had War World, so they decided to split those Superman books between Clark and John. And now it seems like they're recalibrating, where we're getting a John miniseries, but Clark's back. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's specific to the Superman stuff, though, but obviously Lazarus Planet's a part of this. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, all I would say is just try not to treat it like such a big deal, because it Mm -hmm. isn't. Like, you know, if you don't like this Lazarus Planet stuff, and you don't like what they're doing, like, it won't be that long until it's changed again. Um, yeah, and that's okay. Um, give some yeah. things a try if you want to, but uh, and it's easier than ever if you want to just do it a monthly. Yeah. You can just sign up to the new Ultra thing. It, this this Lazarus plan almost feels like that um, JLA or the the Justice League Winter Story, where where the you oh know, yeah, if it, yeah, it feels more of that that in size rather yeah. than like a you know like a Dark yeah, Crisis or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so. You know, just you know, read, read what you want. If it uh, appeals to you, go ahead and read it. And if it falls off, stop reading it. Then, you know, uh, the old saying, vote with your dollar. So Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, yeah, I, I guess just, you know, don't... Every time they make these big announcements, don't think it is actually as big a deal as they're saying. Like, you know, just in perspective, yeah. it's very cyclical. Things will always come back mm-hmm. around. And, um, you know, but... To be, to be honest, yeah. like, they have good creatives on most things right now, so I'm not, I'm, I'm feeling yeah. personally quite optimistic. But um, yeah, I'm feeling quite spoiled. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and then just back to Grayson. Uh, oh, here he for, is again. Uh, one or last, here they are again. One last question here. Uh, notwithstanding some news that's going to come out of January, do you guys think the Weekly Lazarus Planet will, is going to lead into a new status quo uh, for books coming in March? Uh, it's tough to say because it feels mm-hmm. kind of like a, a really hodgepodge group of characters who are mm-hmm. all changed for the event because you've got you know people with fate helmets on and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I I feel like it's more likely that the end of Dark Crisis is actually the gateway to whatever the new books yeah. are going to be. But I, you know, it could be a mix of both. No, it, just, it feels this feels like more of Mark Wade just having fun telling stories. Yeah, I would say that. Point. You know, so you know, so uh, as as you know, for just like a reset or whatever, who knows at this point? But you know, I'm not too worried. You know, DC seems to be. We talked about it in the last question. We're pretty spoiled right now. And I'm just going along for the ride. I'll say this. So. The, the creators on Twitter seem to have good vibes about teasing yeah. their announcement. Because they're all saying, hey, big plans for 2023. It's super exciting to DC. Yeah. It doesn't sound like they're all worried that there's a big line-wide reboot that's going to like, no. piss everyone off. It sounds like everyone's feeling quite yeah. good about stuff. I, so It feels like gone are the days of Ben Percy getting taken off a Nightwing and not really being told until the last minute. Well, I think you what, you mean, what you mean to say is gone are the days of Dan Didio. That... that <laughs> That's the nice way to put it. I mean, let's be honest. That's probably the reason why things feel more coherent from a editorial yeah. standpoint. Cool. And again, it feels like all of the writers, at least, at least the ones that I follow, the writers and the artists and all the comic book people, they all seem to get along great online. Like, it feels hmm. like they're just genuinely happy to be working at DC and with one another. Um, it's nice to see a lot of friendships between yeah. the creators. You know, Tom Kit Taylor and Tom King have a lot of jokes yeah. back and forth. Uh, they're cracking jokes with Gail Simone, who's not even on a DC book right now, but like, no. you see a lot of just uh, cross-friendly promotion and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, which is really nice. So, yeah. And hell, some of them are even nice to us when they come. Ram V's always very nice about retweeting <sighs> things whenever I mention them. So, yep, yep. Um, so, yeah. so no, it's cool. Uh, uh, it's good vibes. Like, it's the sort of thing where like, you feel happy about supporting creators as well if you think, oh, they seem like decent people too, on top of you know just the quality 100%. of the work uh, yeah 100% so, you know just, all, just nice. Tom Taylor as a follow before he was writing my favorite characters was great because you just seem like he's just this happy go lucky dude who gets to write comic books for a living you know and now he's writing my favorite characters and he's killing it and it's just a bonus yeah uh, so you know that's uh, that's cool um, I I'm excited to see what they've got else they've got coming out of uh, this, you know, New Dawn of the DCU or whatever they're calling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what other new books? Is there more ongoing books or are they sticking to, like, just, like, 12-issue books for, uh, the, you know, the, the characters that aren't the big three or four? Right. Uh, I'll be curious to see because I do expect more announcements for... I mean, maybe not January because they may have announced them at New York Comic Con if it was, but certainly for February mm-hmm. and March, I expect there will be, you know... A, a handful of new books right are... and i can see them wanting to space that out too not just doing all at one time yeah yeah i mean when those new superman issue ones coming in february mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if we do get some cool returning books you know whether it be a green lantern book which mm-hmm. is kind of disappeared now or a green arrow book finally or right. an aquaman or you know there's tons you could pick yeah. right yeah. And, I, sure. and I'm just naming ones that had books earlier when we were, you know, we were in rebirth right. days. They all had books. Well, I also assume we're going to be getting some kind of Blue Beetle thing if that property's still coming out, right? 
Like you'd think they'd want. I mean, you say that, but for well, I suppose there is a Black Adam book right now, but I'd yeah. say a lot of it is just these weird one shots that are kind of mm-hmm. disconnected from the actual comics. Yeah. Um, but there is a twelve issue book, admittedly, as well. Uh, right. In time for the movie, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that movie's two weeks away, at least for us here. That's weird. I wasn't even paying attention to it, to be yeah. honest. This, this, well, the only reason I know is that I got a trailer before I went and saw the original Halloween on Friday. And, uh, and, and yeah, it, it was like, yeah, October 21st. I was like, oh my God. I didn't realize it was that soon. So. I know, can't I'll, wait to not go see it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably be there to the rock. But I also said that about Super Pets and that was in like, Super Pets was in theaters for like one day, I feel. And now it's on HBO Max. I'll get around to it after spooky season. But, you know, I tend to watch most things with the rock in them. It is a toxic trait that I have. I mean, it's not that toxic. I mean... <laughs> no, but I did go see Skyscraper and Rampage in the same summer. And yeah. I only have myself to blame. It, it leads to some unfortunate movies you have to watch. Yeah. But I don't know if it's toxic. No, I just, you know. So, ho- hopefully Black Adam's good. It just, it looks like a... 2000s Marvel movie, and that's not a good, that's not a compliment. Aye, pre MCU is what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah pre MCU. So, oof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. saw a lecture in theaters. I, I know the pain. <laughs> I've never seen that at all, so oh, I'm happy to see. And there's not something that sticks up for the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Um, the, the director's cut's not half bad, but. Uh, I saw the director's cut, it was still shit, but you know. <laughs> I, I still like it. Uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah, Electra, you're not missing anything. I I didn't think I was, uh, honestly. It, it doesn't even seem like it's bad enough to like, like one day I think I'll watch Catwoman just for the, the hilarity oh, of it. Yeah, 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 cause it's so bad. I think Electra's in this awkward, even worse place where it's really, really bad, but not funny bad. Yep. Yeah. It's just a bad movie. It's not like mm. a fun bad. So yeah. That is, that is a shame. That is a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for the, uh, for the questions. So thanks yeah. to everyone who, uh, sent yeah, thank you. some in. Um, yeah, I have been, I have been like recording so much stuff the last few yeah. days, like having stuff prepped for the week I'm gone. And, uh, the TV channel is going to suffer the most because obviously if you're not around to do the new episodes, things are just not there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, movie channels should have lots of stuff going up over the next week, uh, regardless of my absence. And we'll have this Q&A comics episode going out, and we'll be back to normal the week after um, with myself and Matt, and we'll be looking at a whole host of comic books. In fact, I should probably tell you what's coming out next week. Yeah, I forgot we were going to do that, and I don't even have the, the list Well, out. no, because I was, I was thinking, oh, there's no point, because I already told you on the last bit, and I'm thinking, no, but this is going out on Sunday, so this is for the, yeah. the following week. We, we need the next weeks. I don't, I'm getting the list up. I don't have it ready, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll get it up and tell everyone that. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, so a uh, fleet of comic geeks would like to load you bastard. Uh, all right. Your comics. Yeah, okay. So I'll just quickly recap. Uh, the four books that we would have been covering this week, if we were recording at the normal time, would have been Superman, Son of Kal El, Batman versus Robin, Batgirls, and Jurassic League. So we'll be doing those next week, along with the books that are actually out next week. Uh, I'm going to tell you everything that's coming out, which will include stuff that we're also not covering. But out next week is Nightwing issue 97, The Flash 787, Batman Superman World's Finest issue 8, Batman the Night issue 10, Flashpoint Beyond issue 6. I can't wait to see 
how that train wreck ends. Uh, Catwoman 48 is out. Uh, Dark Crisis Young Justice issue 5. Deceased War of the Undead Gods issue 3. Batman One Bad Day the Penguin issue 1. DC vs. Vampires All at War issue 4. I Am Batman issue 14. Black Adam issue 5. Rogues issue 4. Aquaman Andromeda issue 3. The Teen Titans United Bloods Pact issue 2. Fables 156. Harley Quinn the Animated Series Legion of Bats issue 1. GCPD, The Blue Wall, Issue 1, and Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, 118. It's actually a really big week next week. Uh, it is. So, yeah, we'll have a hefty episode next week with uh, the four books from this week and uh, a good, healthy number from next week as well. So, uh, a lot I'm looking forward to. Obviously, Nightwing's always exciting, uh, but both Aquaman Andromeda and Rogues? Oh, baby. We're, we're eating next week. <laughs> yeah? We're eating. Yeah. That Nightwing cover is fantastic too. Oh, it's so. beautiful. Yeah. Yep. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's uh, Nightwing and Batgirl, but they're in silhouette, but you can see the city lights inside uh-huh. their silhouette. Oh, it's, it's like a negative space type deal. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with just the yellow of her cape and symbol and his mm-hmm. blue of his the costume. His Nightwing. Yeah. yeah, his Nightwing logo. And it looks like the Flash is a pro wrestling themed. Uh, oh, yeah, we knew that because it said next yeah. time Wally becomes a yeah. wrestler or something like that. Yeah. So looks looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and I haven't checked to see if there's any non-DC books that we want to cover, but given how big it already is, I'm just going to assume that there isn't, <laughs> and uh, we'll yeah. be uh, back to checking that afterwards. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so thank you very much for joining us, everyone. Hopefully this was a fun, uh, casual conversation that you got to enjoy. Um, we can uh, thank our Patreon producers for the month, if I can uh, find my sticky note. Uh, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Borno, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Uh, they are Patreon producers, but you can uh, support us over at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv uh, for as little as you want uh, on a monthly basis. Uh, the $5 tier, you get access uh, to the show early on the Saturday, um, whenever it's ready and out of the oven fresh. But uh, yeah, if you're interested in that, go to have a look. And of course, you can support us for free by simply sharing the show out. We're at DC Comics Podcast on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications. If you are listening to the audio version, make sure you rate us five stars on iTunes or your podcast app of choice and maybe give us a review, whatever it may be. All those things do help uh, immensely. Um, and I'm always heartwarmed when I see like a thread on a message board or, or on Reddit or somewhere and someone says, hey, good DC Comics Podcast to listen to and someone recommends us. It's always nice to see. It's always a little uh, humbling. So, yeah. uh, thank you very much for joining us. This has been a special one-shot edition. Uh, I'm not numbering this as one of the main entries because uh, it is a bit different. But uh, yes, so this is this is the I don't know Q and A slash New York Comic Con news one-shot, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. we'll be back to normal next week. So, thank you very much for joining us once again. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.